Welcome to the Digital Parenting Life Podcast, where we chat about navigating all things related to parenting in the digital age with your host, Christine Stokes-Beverly. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to our latest episode. I'm really excited to have you listen to it. Um, We're focusing on social distancing, friendly, uh, just summer STEM learning ideas for kids, um, you know, in our new normal with this pandemic that's affecting us worldwide. You know, it's hard for us to find things to do that respect social distancing, but also keeps our kids learning, you know, in the area of STEM. So I interviewed a STEM professional um, and got some great tips from her. So I really hope you listen. Um, well, I hope you listen to the episode in full and I really hope you enjoy it. Um, I wanted to come on before the episode and just share with you all. This is our 10th episode and I wanted to thank all of you all for listening. You know, thank those of you that have shared the episode on your social media accounts. Um, we've gotten new listeners every single week and it's just across the across the world. And I just wanted to say thank you. After this 10th episode, we're taking a bit of a mini hiatus for about a month or so. Um, just so that I can get a chance, you know, to regroup, uh, you know, do some things with family, do some things with kids. And we're coming back in midsummer with a bunch of new episodes, just a bunch of things for parents as it relates to parenting in the digital age, you know, with technology just being everywhere. So if you have any episode ideas, definitely let us know. Um, You can send us a message on our social media accounts. Um, You can do all of that. We do have an email address. It's at the dplpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us a message there. So I hope um, you are staying safe. Um, Today, the day we released the episode is May 25th. And in the United States, it's Memorial Day. Um, I hope if you have the day off, you're spending some time with your families. For those of you that have lost loved ones in any of the wars that our country has been in, uh, we thank your families for the ultimate sacrifice. Um, And we will be back. So take a listen to this episode. Let me know what you think. And I'll speak to you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Digital Parenting Life podcast. I am your host, Christine Stokes-Beverly. And this on this episode, I wanted to reach out to a sister friend of mine who is amazing in the field of STEM because I know summer is coming and a lot of parents, including me, are wondering, okay, with, you know, this pandemic going on and yes, states are opening up and social distancing is still happening. What type of STEM learning is out there that is social distance friendly? for kids. So on today's show, I have an amazing STEM professional, my sister friend of how so many years, Takiwa Smith. Hey, lady, how are you? Thank you for being on. I'm good, and you, and thank you so much for inviting me. Yes. (laughs) I know the amazing work you do in the field, but my listeners, they don't know. Um, Could you tell them more about yourself and what you do? So I'm going to start with, you know, the start of my bio. I'm a chemical engineer, STEM educator, FAMU alumna, Dade County native. Yes. (laughs) Um, And social entrepreneur. 
Um, I am the CEO and Principal Consultant of Kemet Educational Services, as well as the Founder and Executive Director of Science Engineering Mathematics Engineering Link, a nonprofit that exposes you to STEM and STEM careers. I also have a over 17-year STEM career in STEM education, running programs for organizations such as Lawrence National Berkeley Lab, Spelman College, Cal State East Bay, Georgia State University. And so one of the roles that I have and why, you know, we are having this conversation, my consulting firm, Kim Educational Services, is an organization that focuses on ensuring that pre-college, community college, and undergraduate students are prepared to pursue STEM careers by supporting individuals um, such as parents, parent groups, and homeschoolers, and organizations that work with those populations. And so we have this program called STEMport that focuses on supporting parents through online courses, um, books, on our social media videos, all of those things that help you navigate your child's STEM educational experience because if you as a parent was like my parents when you had a child that likes STEM and you don't and that's not your career path you're like what do I do with this child right and so that is what the STEM for program is, is all about for parents and how we support parents so that you don't have to stress or you can just encourage your child to you know, go and do the STEM that they love without being stressed out and be like, baby, just read a book, go play football, <laughs> don't stick it up. Do what I know how to do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, that interest in your child. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, that is why, you know, I felt like you would be the perfect person for this conversation, you know. And, you know, uh, it's just, you know, so many parents, you know, especially right now, you know, because like a lot of parents, you know, they're used to, you know, just maybe they heard something from somebody or so, or so on and so forth. And they send their kids to the face to face summer STEM program. But we know that that's not an option for quite a few of us in 2020. So what can parents do instead of, you know, the defaulting to what we were used to just last year? What can they do instead? My thing is technology is your friend because if this pandemic happened, well, we were growing up, libraries closing, mm-hmm. you know, parks closing, even if they op- are open, do you really trust sending your child or going with your child there, right? Right. So technology is your friend. Be thankful as a parent that you have technology um, because, ooh, we would have just been getting beatings all day, every day for getting on our parents' nerves. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, all right, you need to figure it out. <laughs> yes. And so my advice is really, really pay attention to what particular STEM discipline your child is in, interested in and take advantage of social media. Mm-hmm. It can start with um my favorite thing is Instagram. Okay. Starting with who you follow on Instagram that provides educational resources. So okay. there are scientists that go on nature walks. Um, and so you can actually see them in the 
woods, you know, they would yell at me for calling the woods, but they go on wherever they do science outside. They're okay. birders, they're um, wildlife biologists, um, and geologists. Um, a few of my favorite are Jason Ward okay. um, and Karina Newsom, known as Hood Naturalist. Okay. You'll learn. So, Jason Ward is an urban birder. Okay. And Karina is a wildlife biologist, but Karina goes on nature walks and her excitement, I don't even like animals, and seeing her excitement when she's making <laughs> her videos, you know, I find myself asking her questions. Really? So those are the, you know, first steps, like seeing, finding the scientists that are really good at STEM outreach that have those IG channels where your kids can learn from that platform. Okay. Okay, I'm actually looking up some of them now while we uh, while we chat. But keep going, keep going. I, I, um, I see the, what you're saying. The These next, are really good. And, and there are a few others. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, those are my two favorite because they have actually um, led workshops for my nonprofit oh, and okay. engaged kids. And I am not even interested in the outdoor science. I'm a chemical engineer. Right. And right. I find myself... You know, I just sent Jason a DM today saying, you know, I find myself after following you wondering what bird is that I see or what <laughs> bird is that waking me up at six in the morning right. chirping, you know, questions I didn't care about before, right? <laughs> but you're interested now. And the second collective group, you know, you have those people that are STEM professionals so your kids can get a chance to see what they do. Right. And there are people in robotics as well. Um, it's those that actually have, um, companies or, you know, organizations that have been doing STEM activities before this pandemic. Right. Um, you and I talk about all the time, a lot of people have their Corona hustles mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to make sure it's an educational experience for your children, I mean, not saying those people, you know, don't know what they're doing they're just not proven right because they have used this opportunity to get in this space whereas i would say anybody that's been doing work two to three years or more or has a stem background um that you can trust so my favorite are tk the chemist okay um west side west atlanta watershed alliance i always mess it up and then size starter so, SciStarter has citizen science projects. Oh. Um, Westside, Water, West Atlanta, I call them YY because that's their nickname, but, you know, I'm trying to get these proper names. You know, their co-founder is a good colleague of mine, um, Dr. Nataki Osborne-Jelks. Okay. Um, they actually are a um, environmental education center in Atlanta. Okay. And so they have been moving some of their programs online, but they do summer camps and spring break camps. And um, TK the Chemist does online stuff. She also has kits that you oh, can order, which um, leads to, we're going to come back to that, but I'm going to put a pin in that and come back to the STEM kit. Okay. But, you know, TK the Chemist also has kits and SciStarter just has a whole bunch of citizen science projects which are really good because those are things that you're trying to think of things that you can do in your home or backyard or your neighborhood park. Because if you've seen 
like me, some of these parks that you would normally go to, they're too crowded. Right. Even if it's open back up, it's still not safe for you to be in those large numbers. So I'm thinking about things that you can do in your backyard or walking to, you know, the nature area within your neighborhood or your local park that, you know, may not be open. I took a hike last week in this park that probably nobody goes to. And I was super happy because I'm like, this in the middle of nowhere ain't, you know, you have to be intentional about going to that space. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And so those are a few, and you can just, you know, search on your own. And then, um, I like to follow the scientists of the thing on Instagram. Okay. The ones that are Instagram have a combination of post and IG lives. So, you know, those are ways to engage. Um, YouTube, yeah. um, your kids, if, if your kids are like the children in my life, they are following YouTube channels of all kind of random things, watching kids do stuff, yes. watching kids play video games. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and have them get some ideas for hands-on science experiments you can do at home mm-hmm. from YouTube channels. Correct. I don't have any, but I know they are out there. Your kids will probably find them quickly, but you know, while they're watching somebody play video games or watching some little kid do a random thing, they I have to find some science experiments or something they okay. want to follow. Exactly. And it's so interesting that you make that point about YouTube that, you know, I think sometimes we as parents forget, you know, just how many resources are there. And, you know, I did a PD the other day for some educators and they were just mind blown when I told them that. I said, you know, YouTube is the number two search engine in the world. And they're like, wait, what? It's not a search engine. I was like, no, it is. When people want to learn things, that's where they go, you know? So, you know, to that point, our kids are already on YouTube, very likely, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, I'm talking to you and my kids are in the room and I know at least one of them is on YouTube right now. So, you know, they own that anyway. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, You know, everything you think they use for bad and and foolishness, they can use for good and to learn something. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And the other thing is take advantage of the apps on your cell phone or tablet. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the apps on your, on my phone. So anything you can think of, there's an app, like there really is an app. So iNaturalist, if your kids are interested in plants and animals that has a community where they can, you know, take pictures in the community Mm -hmm. will help them identify it. I've never used it because I don't really like outdoor science, but I have a telescope (laughs) app. Okay. On my phone. There's a microscope app. Um, I have a thermometer app. I have an app for science journals. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an app that has chemistry, a ruler, daily science news, a unit converter app. Um, so there's a, oh, I didn't even know I had that. I have a <laughs> flight pilot app that actually engages kids in a hands-on simulation as if they were flying okay okay you taught me about this because i don't do this so pretty much what i'm saying <laughs> is there's truly an app for everything so look in your google play or itunes store and just you know type the apps and i don't pay for apps so i can tell you all those apps on my phone are free right um right so those are the you know main ways that you can engage 
your kids online without you even having to now this pilot app I accidentally turn it on smartphones are so sensitive can you see the background I'm not to restart my phone I can't figure out how to turn that app off but your kids will know how to use it right right exactly but your kids will figure it out right so let me that is I was gonna say so let me ask you this so you know you brought up a good point about looking you know for who's vetted and looking who's out there and, you know, I know, you know, I wasn't even looking for STEM camps for my kids this year, you know, but my kids have attended, you know, just kind of your general camps that do have the STEM component. And, you know, so I'm still on their mailing list. And quite a few of them are like, okay, well, we're pivoting to online programs this year. So for the parents that are listening right now that are looking at online programs, for example, um, and like I said, I know you alluded to this before, but what are some things that they should keep in mind when they're evaluating those online summer STEM programs that, you know, they're hearing about all of a sudden? You know, my preference, and this is whether it's online or, um, you know, you can go in person. My first bet will be try a um, program that's connected to a college or university. Ah, that's um, good one. Even if you are paying more than likely, it still comes from grant funding. Mm-hmm. that they have to use as a part of their overall university community outreach oh. or um, a grant broadening access. You know, anyway, these programs have been, like, vetted as far as, um, you know, they have an objective. They have some instructors that either are education majors or STEM majors. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to have anybody Googling, you know, the curriculum right before it's time right right so (laughs) I mean you know I am not going to say like all of them are equal but I can tell you'll have a better chance of enrolling in a summer program that is connected to a college or university or even community college um that is always like my number one I tell people that all the time um and that's, that's great advice, actually, you know, if you really think about it, because, you know, here it is, these, there are these universities or colleges and, you know, they don't want to put something out there, you know, that's going to ruin their reputation or ruin their name or have them for, lose their grant funding or, for example, people lose their job. So at least you know that there's some sort of fidelity with the program. So I think that's excellent advice. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that I have, and, you know, this is so scary you know, with the pivot, even though I'm beginning to dislike that word. <laughs> um, people who do in-person programming don't always translate well to an online program. Whoa, that's a word. Um, those are two different things. Yes. And so, um because I can tell you intentionally with my nonprofit and even, you know, I've had some canceled in-person events. I haven't done anything because I was like, I don't know the technology enough to not have the same quality as my in-person event. And, you know, I get it. We all are losing money as small business owners and organizations. But um, my best advice would be to do one or two things. Um, see who has actually 
done a couple of online events during this pandemic Mm -hmm. because they may have been able to work out the kinks, you know, with their random, you know, events prior to the summer. Um, I, I won't tell you not to enroll if they haven't done anything, but I feel like it's rolling the dice to see if they've tested the technology and if they'll be able to do it well. Right, Um, right. And, you know, it's so interesting that you say that because I think of and you've seen it on social media, you know, the complaints that parents have had about online learning right now, which, you know, it's not true distance learning. You know, it's emergency online learning. And I think what the issue that so many school districts have been dealing with has been they're trying to take, like you said, you know, you're trying to take a program that's made for face to face interaction and not tweak it and not apply distance learning principles and just put it online. So I, if I could add to what you said, I would say for parents, you know, remember how you felt when your child was going through online learning, you know what I mean? So look at the programs and, you know, make sure that they speak to, you know, or at least that you could tell that they're not just taking what they did face to face and just th- and throwing it online. Make sure there's some intentionality behind it, some thought behind it. But you brought up an excellent point. That is an excellent point. Also, be mindful because you know I have friends that's like my kids ain't doing nothing but playing video games. You know, right? More than likely, one or you are going to have to engage your children. Because the instructors aren't there, so it's not the yes, same thing yes. It's dropping them off. So you're going to have to do one or two things. Wait for what they mail you, right, if mm-hmm. they are offering that. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to have to make sure you have a list of things to get for the kids to engage in the activity. Ooh. So you honestly have to think, do you even want to do that this summer, right? right. Do you want to... You know, go to the store and get something, hope they mail it to you before the kids, you know, start the program. Um, So those are things to think about. I need to come back and ask your question, but I kind of pivoted on those things as we were talking about the digital instruction. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. These are the reality of it. You know, I see, you know, these people say, hey, this online program, you know, somebody tagged me and I was like, I don't know you, so I'm not promoting your stuff. Right. But my concern with that one is that they were going to mail out the activities. Mm. And from the registration deadline to the program, I didn't see how they were going to get the supplies in enough time for the first day of the program. Right. Right. Because you just never know, right? Sometimes post office, UPS can get your stuff right on time. And sometimes you're like, this thing took two weeks, right? Exactly, um, exactly. Especially now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you make it so. Point. And the thing is, do you want to go to the grocery store? Do you have that, you know, in your budget to do that? Mm, right. Good point. Good because point. Because your kids are home all the time and your grocery budgets have increased. Exactly. And so those are things you have to think about. So let's go back to vetting because we went on this tangent with the quality of digital (laughs) right (laughs) you know those are something really to really think about like how you translate in person to online and being thoughtful and intentional and just to be honest not everybody has that skill set right right exactly exactly um, and and it's not a bad thing it's just you know all of us we have our strengths you know 
which, you know, is why we're doing this, you know, to help, you know, to help <laughs> folks out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, and so we're getting back to vetting the program, right? Mm-hmm. So let's check to see with the organization that is hosting the program. How long have they been in business? Mm-hmm. Is the organization only focused on STEM programming or STEM is one of their offerings personally i trust programs that only focus on stem versus programs that are scattered Uh um because you know that's their niche right you know only focus on one stem and you'll probably have a better chance of them translating their in person to online if they only focus on stem because you know um, exactly mm -hmm. you will you have less of the issue of it being you know you know, a mile wide and an inch deep, you know what I mean? Like the saying goes, you know what I mean? Like jack of all trades type of thing versus, okay, they really specialize in this. So, you know, they've got maybe two or three programs that they do, but you know, they're going to do it well instead of the 10, you know, that they may spread out. So that's excellent advice. Especially with their STEM, because it has become so popular. You know, I started my nonprofit in 2005 and my consulting firm in 2010 mm-hmm. and when I tell you in the past five years everybody and their mama even if they're not qualified has jumped into STEM programming and so that's why like some of these things I'm like it's important you know for you to do that additional vetting exactly um, exactly definitely you don't want to waste your money say, uh-huh. I said you don't want to waste your money you know people waste your money now, and saying- you know a lot of business owners, well, let me not say a lot. Some business owners do not care about the reputation. You know, they just want to take your money and run. Good point. They don't care if you, you trash them because they got your money, right? Right. So they're just going to go on to the next person and get their money and run. And so it's important that you pick people that have integrity and really care about educating your child. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Building a big brand. Um Okay, let's look at the staff, the credentials of leadership. Mm, Does the organization leadership and program staff have people on their staff that have STEM, STEM education, or education backgrounds? That's a good one. Who are their instructional staff, and how are they trained? So Mm -hmm. even if you may not know um, exactly who is going to be, you know, doing the instruction, uh-huh. you can tell, like, you know, for example, with my nonprofit, I have volunteers that are STEM professionals. So they'll give you, even if it's just a sentence or a paragraph, right? who is implementing their program. So look for that. Um, this is really important with you being home, um, especially if you are working from home. What is the schedule of the oh. program? That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, because you, you know, don't, so when you go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. You don't think about it, right? Because you're not driving your child, right? Right. Anywhere or have to rush to pick them up. But worse, imagine if your child cannot. Don't assume your child won't need your support. Exactly. Assume that your child would need your support the entire duration of that program. Exactly. And if you can provide it, um, if you cannot, you know, 
you may have to have them read books or do all these things that don't include this type of instruction. So it's this balance because, you know, unfortunately, you just can't drop them off and go about your business, you know. Right. I mean, we are hoping that all of our kids are, you know, self-sufficient. Or even if it's just like, mommy, daddy, we're doing this cool thing. Watch, right? Like Exactly. You know, you don't want it to be a situation where you know, they're in sessions, you know, and you're expected to help or, you know, they want you to watch, but you're sitting in meetings in Zoom meetings all day. You know what I mean? So definitely. And, and that's another thing. How many devices do you have in your home? Uh, right. That's a good one. That is a good one. Make this available, especially if you have multiple children, right? Because you may not have a device for each child. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, or if you have children of different ages, you know, sometimes you will be like, oh, the older can help the younger one. What if the older one is in their own, you know, summer online learning experience? Right. They may not be available. So just think of of those things you have to just think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your budget with the program, pro- program costs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I am thinking that, like, since this is online, you know, Typically, I just say pay what you can afford, but Uh to be honest, I don't think any of these virtual learning experiences should be more than $100, if that, right, if you have to pay. I, Um, I think that is an excellent point, because if you think about it like this, if you look at your typical summer camp, you know, they have to feed your child. Or, or let's just say they, let's just say they feed your child. Most of them do, you know, your child gets lunch there and, you know, you may have, you know, just the, just all of the overhead that's there, you know, that comes with having a physical building is gone. So you make an excellent point right there that a lot of the, a lot of the overhead should be gone. I mean, I'm thinking from a K-12 perspective though. So, you know. Okay, let's be fair. Like, they may have to still have a building that they're paying for. You know, you know, I still have overhead expenses. Right. What I say is different. There are two things that will be different, right? Mm-hmm. They're not feeding your child. And especially if they're asking you to purchase supplies, they're not purchasing supplies. So those are two costs that are coming out that should make the cost lower. Absolutely. You know, so... The only reason I would say pay over um, if they are sending you everything. You know, like if there's a computer camp and they're sending you the robotics, you know. Right. So, you know, build your judgment. But if they're just like, we're doing simple experiments where we are, you know, pulling DNA out of strawberries, building paper robots, you know, like, no, like... It's like, no, you should not be paying $500. <laughs> Unless they are sending you, you know, a laptop, robotics, you know, like those very super specialized, you know, summer camps where they know you can't get the equipment, so they have to send it to you. Right. You know, right. So let me ask you this. Um, so let's say we have the family who, you know, they're hearing this and they're like, you know, I've got three kids, I've got two devices. Or, you know, I, I can't necessarily guarantee that I'm going to be able to be available to support my kid in this every single day from, and I'm just going to ballpark a time here, every single day from 10 to 1230, Monday through Friday. 
So I want to go ahead and, you know, create our own program at home. So what are some good free or low cost opportunities that are available online that parents can access if that's the route they want to take? So I have a couple of things. I, the first thing is create your own STEM from everyday okay. things that you're doing. So as you make your grocery list, you know, you can do math lessons, you know, especially if you are a couponer or look at the sales paper before you go. You know, you can talk about percentages. You can do some math lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, you can talk about seasonal fruit, local fruit, you know, and veggies and produce. Right. Um, you can have a little, so you can create your own if you're cooking. You can talk about fractions and temperature. So creating STEM in your everyday routine, you know, um, that is one way you can engage. And on Kimmy's YouTube, we have a few things, videos that, show some of that okay um you know grocery store stand um you can also be like well you in this house how you think our electric bill is going up you know like (laughs) those type of things so just the stem of running your household right okay Um, okay nice you know as you are barbecuing you know you can talk about material science and you know the grill the meat you know why do you veggies take real quick why do you use charcoal versus wood Um, Why do you use an electric grill? You know, all of those things. So the first thing was just think of everyday STEM that you can routine, you know, routinely do. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a good one, actually. And I wanted to add, too, because I've had, you know, with my day job, I've had some of the high schoolers email me and, you know, say to me, you know, hey, Miss Stokes Beverly, you know, I finished with a lot of the work, but, you know, I want to learn how to do some other things. There are resources out there where the children can learn to program on their own. Um, I know one particular student of mine decided he wanted to learn Python. I know Khan Academy has a lot of those free um free programming um, lessons online and there's just like a ton of them out there it's just a matter of doing you know you figuring out you know your child telling you they want to program for example um, code.org is a good place to start and you know you can find like a ton of resources there and you know code.org if I if I remember correctly a lot of their resources that's what they use for the AP computer science principles um, exam well pre-covid I should say I know they had like a lot of resources. I feel I, I, I'm not 100% certain, but I, I think that's the truth that they had like resources there. I'm tempted to yeah. ask my son. I won't quote, but I can tell you because I've been ignoring them because, you know, I've been in this space. I'm not learning nothing, you know, for the past couple of months. Mm-hmm. But I have seen the emails and been sharing some of the posts about a lot of college and universities or you know having free stuff right like right. um some people are learning how teaching people how to farm you know and exactly. your urban gardens some so just you know i think especially for your older kids um you know they can create lessons on their own absolutely for your younger kids um no i think for all ages it is a perfect time to develop STEM literacy skills, right? Mm. Especially if you're at home on your, you know, call. So um, some of the libraries are doing drive-by things or online story times. Or um, 
I use the hoop. I ain't been in the library forever, but I use the Hoopla app. Um, they yes. also have Overdrive and Libby. You can get movies. Yes. Um, Disney Plus has a whole bunch of, um, you know, all those National Geographic movies. Yes. They're on, um, you know, I have a love of classic cars, so I've been watching, <laughs> you know, a lot of those um <laughs> car restoration thing absolutely and that um, is stem that is stem people it, it is. is stem so i feel like you know being using some of the tools that we talked about technology you know instagram you know it'll be an opportunity for you all to create your own project and then and if you have a child that is really really interested in stem you know you can get them a stem kit you can, you know, buy some stuff from Target or Dollar Tree um, and have them do STEM experiments. And so don't feel like this pressure that summer camp is gone. You know, uh, my kids going to do is eat frozen pizza and watch TV this summer. Right. You know, after this, <laughs> I can't. I can't. Um, there are plenty of ways that you can engage and have your children learning and you know even if you only have one device I have a friend who she has multiple devices but she learned quickly in remote learning that all three of her kids cannot be learning at the same time so Mm -hmm. she has them on a schedule so one is inside doing something another one is doing something else so if you only have one device that you want to allow your kids to use, because we all know there's some advice like, I'm not letting my kid touch that with a 10 foot pole. Right, right exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then you can rotate, you know, put the kids on a schedule and rotate, you know, so maybe it's one child's TV time or free time and the other child is engaged in something. Exactly, exactly. And so I- this is the perfect time that, especially if your child has a genuine interest mm-hmm. and ability to learn and stand to do things that they will not be able to do in school which is explore all of those interests right exactly and then if you have a middle school or high school or even elementary this could be a perfect time for them to do their experiment for science fair in the fall mm-hmm. because Correct. they have you know all the time to do the background research you know, all of those things. So don't feel like, oh my goodness, I can't drop my kid off to summer camp. You know, you can't create something to do. So. Exactly. And I also wanted to add, and I just think, you know, for parents, ultimately, you know, just make it fun, whatever you do. You know, you don't want it to come off like, you know, like it's a chore because we really do also need to keep in mind that since March, a lot of our kids, you know, have been thrown into a situation that's been very stressful for them. So, you know, you want this STEM learning time, you know, just building on the point that you made about if you find like an area, you know, if a, if a parent finds, you know, an area of interest in their child, nurture that, but make it fun for them, you know, and I think they would take so much away from that. Um, I could give you an example. Even if your child likes sports, if you're, you know, doing, you know, there's a lot of science mm-hmm. you know, connected. Um, I have written curriculum for my clients on the science of basketball and the STEM of golf. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to write one on the STEM of football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, an upcoming course I'm releasing for STEM Port is backyards and parks are more offer more than barbecues, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, 
we just have to remember that like in the beauty of this aging technology and you know getting outside even if you don't have a yard even on your balcony you can look at the stars you can do some birding exactly you know it is just two things looking at what you can use that you have access to either in your home already Mm -hmm. and get you know at a Dollar Tree or Amazon or the grocery store while you're in there exactly Um, and taking advantage of technology you know um and making it fun so just listening you can if you pay attention you can really see where your children um have a natural interest and ability if you just listen exactly exactly so I want us to wrap up on this last question, which it's not necessarily summer STEM related, but, you know, just general learning tips, you know, things that parents could use now and beyond. So do you have any STEM? And I feel like you've given them throughout the throughout the interview because I picked them up throughout the interview. But, you know, just so that it's, you know, clear for parents, you know, in the end, do you have any STEM general learning tips you know, for families, you know, especially during this um, social distancing season, even if it's anything you want to reiterate? One, I want to reiterate, get your children reading. This is a perfect time to, you know, develop your children's STEM literacy skills. And it doesn't always have to be a book. It can be a graphic novel. It can be, you know, I like sci-fi and mysteries. It can be a magazine. It can be, you know, current events that are STEM-related, right? Absolutely. Um, we're in COVID, and the search for vaccines are um, STEM-related, right? So get your children reading. And it could just be, you know, a small amount of time per day. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have it mixed on, like, current events because I definitely feel like, in general, some of the decisions that are being made is because we don't have a STEM literacy. <laughs> Literary, literary mm-hmm. society, right? Especially right. our politicians. So developing that. So it could be a common, it should be a combination of to help them become aware of the STEM, you know, that impacts us mm-hmm. and makes policy and makes our lives easier. Then it could just be some STEM for fun, right? It's right. sci-fi, it's graphic novels. You know, if your kids like to read about bugs or out of space, or even if they want to create their own STEM, you know, write short stories, draw their graphic novels, you know, so have some component for literacy. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And just make it fun, right? Mm-hmm. So children are very aware that grown-ups don't know everything. And so just make sure that you don't have your own biases get in the way of your child's summer STEM learning, right? Yes, that is a good one. That is a good you one. You can find help, whether it's, you know, your text message chain group of other mommies, um, whether um, I'm in a parent group on Facebook and they're constantly posting everything. Mm-hmm. So reach out to your community and your village. And take advantage of this technology, you know, yes. just think about, like, if this happened when some of us are kids, we'd have been in the house getting beatings because, you know, oh my there goodness. was no way to entertain us, right? Oh my and yeah. my mama and grandparents' patience within, right? And uh, so, um, so 
So take advantage of the technology. I mean, I know that some parents may have screen time, you know, limits. You may have to throw that out the window for your own sanity mm-hmm. and just have a balance of, you know, what kids to do for fun for learning, right? Absolutely. So if that's reading, if that's using an iNaturalist, if that's watching, you know, IG, you know, scientists. And so, you know, those are the general tips. And another thing too, like, although it's summer and a couple of friends and I, I hate this terminology, but they've started to call the COVID slide. Um, <laughs> you know, similar to the summer slide. So if you have noticed that your child you know, has had some academic, you know, deficiencies or some things that you want to work on, you know, because they didn't, you know, our emergency digital instruction, right? Find fun ways for them to develop that. So, yes, you know, don't make it all, let me give you these worksheets or whatever. Right. But maybe you can find some games in those areas or they can read books in those areas or you can find experiments in that area. So use it as a time to help, you know, you know, parents are your first child's learn teacher, right? Mm-hmm. So find ways to, fun ways to fill that gap because you don't want it to be on the responsibilities of the teachers whenever they get back into the classrooms to be able to do that and to catch up. Because one, they may not be able to, you know, based on the current climate. Right. Um, and two, you don't know how many teachers are going to be around because some of these school districts are talking about furloughs. Yes. Um, so just make some time for academic skill development in a fun way. Now, if your child works best with worksheets, by all means, do the worksheets and workbooks, you know, right. just find a way that works best for your child to make it fun so they can, you know, have fun while learning. Absolutely. Because it is summertime, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it's summertime during global pandemic. So you want to make it <laughs> as fun, as easy, you know, so they can find some moments of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like and that. happiness, right? Because hey, we're having our moments taken away, and we want to be conscientious that children have an emotional impact as well. Absolutely, and I think that is an excellent note to end on. And um, I want to say thank you so much for agreeing to come on to the show and, you know, to share your words of wisdom and, you know, to really provide, you know, listeners with kind of a starting point, you know, because, you know, summer is literally around the corner. The summer season starts, you know, this week. Summer is officially Tuesday after Memorial Day. I know exactly. it doesn't feel like we're not going to any barbecues, but. Right, know. exactly. So <laughs> summer is just about here. So this is definitely, I think this is going to help some parents. And, and, you know, I've taken some nuggets from this too, um, you know, so that they know how to proceed in the summer, especially if STEM learning is on their mind. So, so I thank you for that. Um, For those... For those of you listening, I thank you for listening to this week's ep- uh, to this latest episode, I should say. Uh, we are on social media. You can find us at the DPL podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And we are at the Digital Parenting Life podcast on Facebook.
So let's continue the conversation online. Um, under the post where you on our social media posts, you know, share some resources that you have. Um, what are you doing with your children for, you know, STEM learning this summer? What are some free resources that you may be aware of? So again, thank you for listening. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the Digital Parenting Life Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the DPL Podcast. We'd love for you to subscribe to our show and share it with a friend. Until next time.